5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And on today's episode of The Punch-Out, yes, it is election day. So, believe it or not, we'll be talking about a lot of election day stories, including whether or not the Federal Reserve tried to help Trump win in the last weekend before the election, what to watch for down ballot. Yes, there are things other than Biden versus Trump that you should be paying attention to here, and much, much more. But before we get to those two stories, we will move into some Final thoughts, perhaps, on where we are. Well, we're here. We did it. I don't know what we did, but we made it. I don't know what that means. I hear people saying this, though. Saw people saying it on social media. It is Election Day, E-Day, D-Day, as some are saying the season finale of the United States. You might even say the series finale, the way some of these things are going here. Now, voting has been significant and brisk, as many are casting mail-in ballots and voting early in the context of COVID-19. 99.7 million people by this morning, to be exact. That's almost three quarters, almost three quarters of the number of votes cast total in 2016. Some states like Texas have already surpassed the total number of votes in 2016 just from early voting. And it feels pretty likely that the number of voters will definitely exceed 2016 and perhaps break some all-time records. Now, the unknown, of course, is how many people will vote on Election Day when most Republicans are planning to vote. And there's also a not insignificant number of Democratic-leaning voters who could make the difference on Election Day as well. So, for instance, in Arizona, 66% of likely voters in the 18 to 30 age group, so-called millennials, some of those might be Generation Z, I don't know. What Are they the same thing? I don't know. Anyway, people 18 to 30, 66% of them in Arizona told the New York Times they'd already voted in a poll, either earlier by mail. But of those who didn't vote, 38% said they plan to vote today. In Florida, 77% of likely voters in the black community told the Times they had already voted. Of those who had not voted yet, 43% said they were going to vote in person today. So certainly critical margins and important constituencies for the Democrats could also be affected by what happens here on Election Day. And as I previously mentioned, Republicans are pinning all of their hopes, they have a what they claim is a you know fantastic, massive, get-out-the-vote effort. They're pinning all their hopes on record in-person turnout, mainly or really the difference being a massive surge of non-voters, some of whom aren't registered, some were registered but who never vote. So a relatively unprecedented situation, mainly targeting, uh, well, some would call them quote-unquote working-class whites, different ways to look at it, uh, but basically white people without a college degree so unregistered voters in the millions is what they are hoping for there in the Trump camp. So a lot riding on who shows up here today at the polls. But what does this all mean? Well, I have to say it's all up in the air. Polls have Biden and the Democrats having a record night. Prudence certainly indicates that things could be closer than that. Either way, Republicans seem almost certain 
almost certain to challenge the results in some states on the basis of mail-in ballots being dodgy, which is, of course, a completely fake issue, but they will try anyway, and they have been trying in a number of states from Pennsylvania to North Carolina to Wisconsin to Minnesota to others uh, to do many different things on this. So there's going to be quite a bit of back and forth tonight, probably about what votes should count, what votes shouldn't count, and it will almost certainly carry over into another day. So how do you figure out what's going on? What do you need to know? How are you going to be able to parse all the information that's out here? Well, here's my advice. Believe it or not, my advice is to watch our Breakthrough News live election show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Breakthrough News, BT Newsroom across all your social media platforms. We will be here to help you follow all the important news, give you fantastic analysis. We've got great guests. we got Rania Kalik, we got Jill Stein, Jared Ball, Abby Martin, Gloria LaRiva, Jody Dean, myself, of course, my co-host Monica Cruz, also my co-host Kay Pritzker. we got a full house here. We may even have more people drop in at different parts of the evening, so Breakthrough News live election show, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's where you'll learn everything you need to know. You might even hear a few predictions about who's going to win this election, but certainly everything that you can know this evening, we are going to tell you here at Breakthrough. Okay, 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 you get it. We know today is election day, the first story, yesterday, today, everything you're seeing, and we've heard all about the candidates at the top of the ticket, and a few Senate races, of course, maybe a couple others, but there are a huge range of things on the ballot today, tonight, before, if you already voted, particularly ballot measures that you've never heard of or, well, depending on where you live, you never heard of, but that are of great consequence. And we wanted to run through a few of them so you'd have something else to look for beyond just Trump and Biden seesawing back and forth all night, if that is indeed how it all plays out. Florida. A key state in this election, also, in addition to what you've heard of, everything with the presidential election, has a constitutional amendment on the ballot to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2026. It would take the minimum wage from just over $8 now to $10 immediately and add a dollar a year until reaching $15 an hour, and then it would be adjusted for inflation every year following that, so starting in 2027. It's a constitutional amendment, though, in Florida, that means that it requires a supermajority. That means over 60% to win. Yet, minimum wage ballot measures almost always do well. And not for nothing, there was a ballot measure that did very well, an amendment that did very well to restore voting rights to felons. Many people didn't think it was going to make the 60% threshold a couple years ago. Republicans did very well on a statewide basis. So regardless of who wins the presidential election, that'll be an interesting one to watch there in Florida. In Arizona, Proposition 208 would increase taxes on people, making over $250,000 for individuals, $500,000 for people filing jointly, so families essentially, in order to fund education. So increase taxes on people making a decent amount to a very large amount of money in order to fund education. Seems laudable, and it's certainly notable, since as you may remember, Arizona was one of the key sites in the struggle of teachers that just really a wave that swept the country just a couple years ago. Arizona was one of the largest there. And of course, the issue of funding schools, a major issue in many, many states. So we'll see what Arizona does on that one. And also just above 208, 
Proposition 207 in Arizona would legalize marijuana if it passes. And while we're on that subject, South Dakota, Montana, and New Jersey are also voting on legal weed. South Dakota also voting on medical marijuana, as is Mississippi. Washington, D.C., which already has legal marijuana, is voting on legal shrooms. Well, at the good times roll there in the nation's capital. And Oregon is voting on a major measure around uh, all drugs to decriminalize all drugs. So Oregon would decriminalize all drugs here. So when you look at all those put together, this today, quite frankly, could be a big bellwether in terms of seeing where Americans stand on the war on drugs after, you know, two or three just devastating decades of the war on drugs and mass incarceration. The state of California as always, many things on the ballot, but a couple very interesting ones, including a attempt to expand rent control. Now, the past couple times this has come up on the ballot, there have been big losses, but this is a huge, huge fight as the cost of living is just skyrocketing there, especially in the major cities in California. They are also voting or potentially voting to get rid of limits on property taxes in order to fund critical services, a repeal of the infamous Proposition 13. So this could be big in the context of a major budget deficit, which is also being projected by the state of California that could affect many of the critical services that would be able to gain funds by eliminating this cap on property taxes there in the Golden State. State of Colorado voting on a few things, but among others, they will be voting on whether to establish a paid family leave system this year. And that's obviously critical. It's obviously crucial. The District of Columbia, which we mentioned earlier, has done that recently. There's a big push all around the country at the federal and the state level to push for paid family leave. But this is one of the biggest things that many business lobbies are fighting against. Just about a year ago, the other NRA, the National Restaurant Association, said fighting paid family leave is one of their number one efforts, one of their number one targets, one of the number one things they want to prevent, people being able to take care of their kids and their family. Hmm, interesting. Columbus, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and San Diego, California are all voting on whether or not to give police review boards subpoena power. Oh, and I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Arizona. Illinois is also voting on the issue of taxing the rich, they're going to change their constitution, or it looks like they're going to end up changing their constitution based on the polls to make a progressive income tax possible so that the very, very, very wealthy people who live in Illinois can actually pay their fair share. Now, there is much, much more than that. And of course, if you really want to know everything that's going on, you can check out our Breakthrough News live post-election broadcast at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. But we wanted to at least give you a taste of some of the races to pay attention to where the results will certainly be meaningful no matter which way the presidential election swings. No, that is not the sound of the Breakthrough News IPO, but it was the sound of the ringing of the bell at the New York Stock Exchange here. And, you know, one factor in how elections play out is always the economy. As it was famously said in 1992, as it regards winning issues in the quadrennial U.S. elections, it's the economy, stupid. Now, one major issue is always, uh, in terms of how the economy perceived, is always the stock market. How's the stock market doing? That's something people use as a bellwether here. And certainly something you have undoubtedly picked up on since Donald Trump is always boasting about how his policies sent the stock market soaring to some level that's allegedly higher than every other previous level. 
Now, the fact that those soaring stock markets often come at times of immense hardship for most people doesn't get as much of a mention from the 45th president. Now, all that being said, a bad swing in the stock market can certainly have a big impact on electoral perceptions, which is why it's very interesting to note the Fed's actions last Friday, which seemed to save Trump from going into the last weekend of the campaign with a big dip in the market. Obviously, very good for him. Now, just before 11 a.m. on Friday, things weren't looking so great there. The Dow Jones was down 500-odd points, and it was below its average, and it had a pretty bad week, and unsurprisingly so, there was a run of bad news, most notably the resurgence of COVID-19 around the United States and in Europe and the return to lockdowns in many places. Then, at 11 a.m. Friday, something curious happened. The Fed released a rosy-sounding press release and announced that they were going to be handing out more money to small businesses by changing the terms of its Main Street lending program. The market then turned up and erased the bulk of the losses it was taking that morning. What does this mean? Well, as the Wall Street watchdog Wall Street on Parade notes, quote, the Fed's intervention on Friday... With an unanticipated policy change, just as the market broke through a key technical indicator in just three business days before a hotly contested presidential election, since the troubling signal that the Fed is putting its finger on the scale for the incumbent president, Donald Trump. End quote. Now, this actually has some precedent. It's well known that the Fed has put its thumb on the scale around at least a couple of presidential elections, most notably 1976, or at various times during a president's term in order to help the occupant of the Oval Office politically and help the Fed chairman curry favor at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Worth noting that Fed Chairman Powell did celebrate his birthday with Trump and Ivanka in 2019, along with J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon and Ivanka brought her husband, Jared Kushner, along there as well. Now, obviously, we can't say for sure what happened one way or the other, but we can say for sure, even if Trump ends up losing, the fact that he was able to avoid a big stock market drop four days before the election certainly didn't hurt him. And that's going to do it for us here on The Punch Out here today. Election Day, Tuesday, November 3rd, tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be back here at Breakthrough News at BT Newsroom across all your social media platforms. Check us out. We are going to be live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Great guests, great analysis, zero corporate spin. Taking you from nine throughout. We'll be going for a while talking about everything that's on the ballot. Please, please, please join us. Please, please, please check us out. Thank you so much for supporting us in every possible way for those who have already done it at patreon.com slash breakthrough news but tonight 9 p.m eastern this is the punch out though on breakthrough news and that's going to do it for today november 3rd